Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. We're going to be looking ahead to the Premier League weekend and also talking about all the big topics around the game. Uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan to do so and joining me once again is Alex Richards. Alex, how are you doing? Hi Aaron, not too bad. Good stuff and joining us for his podcast debut is uh, Associate Sports Editor uh, for the Mirror Online, uh, John Livesey. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Good stuff. Uh, well, happy to be here for first podcast. Ecstatic. Ecstatic. Yeah, you, you've you've kind of avoided the podcast like the plague, haven't you? Like in previously, when we when we've been asking around the office and we've been like, oh, who's who's coming on the podcast this week? You've always been no, no. But uh, believe you, you're getting into your interactive stuff now. I, I just wasn't sure the the country and the world was ready for a press and accent. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we're going to start today with um, Paul Pogba. Uh, listen, we talk about Paul Pogba on these podcasts. On these podcasts, Paul Pogba podcast. It's a bit of a mouthful there. Tongue, tongue twister, man. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're really struggling with it. I really am. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul Pogba. We're going to start with, uh, and we say we talk about Pogba a lot on these podcasts. I'm still struggling, even now. <laughs> um, uh, basically, it sounds like he's had a, another bit of a bust up with Jose Mourinho, which is not good uh, for him. Obviously, tensions have been. Um, well, they've been tense uh, for for quite some time now. He's it's struggled. like episode four hundred and twelve in their relationship, isn't it? Yeah, but this time it does sound like it's completely broken down the relationship uh, to the point where I think even Josie Marina and Paul Pogba barely want to communicate with each other. That's what it it, it sounds like. But I mean, which is really really worrying, um, especially now given that you know he can still leave. He can still leave for the next for the next couple of weeks. Interesting to see if he still wears the captain's armband this weekend, then. Um it's a weird one because you you get into your mind now that if Manchester United are going to play well, then Paul Pogba has to play well. He's that important to the side. Um, and he's pretty much someone Jose Mourinho simply has to count on. So if, if they're not if they're not getting on, if things aren't well between them, then it is a major problem, not just for the team, but for Ed Woodward up above. You know, he's, he made a big decision in January to hand Mourinho an extension to his contract. They, of course, spent £89 million on Pogba, very much as an investment for the future. We're only two years into that. Um, so it's huge decisions across the board that need to be taken if this relationship has broken down to that extent. Yeah, uh, we've uh, obviously we talk about Pogba regularly, as, as I say on on, on this podcast. Uh, John, you've never been on here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions that we, we do tend to ask about Pogba is, should he leave Manchester United? Would it actually be the right decision to leave? Given everything that's happened now, do, do you believe that it would benefit him to leave or, or, or should he stick it out there? I think Mourinho should leave United before Pogba. I think he's their match winner. And I think Mourinho needs to value him a little bit more. Um, I think he's coming off the back of a really strong World Cup. He finished last season strongly. And I think Mourinho should be building his team around him. And... And you know, obviously, he's given him the captain's armband. Um, that should be a starting point. Uh, obviously, a lot of these stories as well do surround uh, Mina Raiola, the agent, as well. Obviously, we know Mourinho has had a bit of a um, an interesting uh, relationship with him. They've, they've worked very closely in the past. I think, obviously, it was a marriage of convenience, though, aren't they? Yeah, it, it was a couple of summers ago, wasn't it? Where I think United signed four players and Mik- all of them: Mkhitaryan, Ibrahimovic, Pogba. Yeah, they, they were all Raiola players but it now seems like uh, Mourinho was not happy with Raiola is that a case of this is this will now be Mourinho seeing his backside over over things or will it be Raiola just being an agent because at the end of the day we know agents can be crafty and and, and, and pushy and obviously Raiola and Pogba, Pogba are, are close friends as well they're not just agent and uh, uh, agent and client you know they, they go on holidays and stuff together 
Well, the thing will be that Mino Raiola will be looking at this situation and he'll be rubbing his hands together with glee, thinking, right, this goes one of two ways now. I either take Paul Pogba elsewhere and he costs a lot of money and gets a nice shiny contract there and there's a nice big signing on fee and an agent's fee waiting for me, or I go back to Ed Woodward and the United board and say, look, this issue needs sorting. I think you need to stand by Paul and give him a new contract here. So either way, it's going to be more money for Paul Pogba, more money for Mino Raiola. If Mino um, Raiola gets his way, then yes, yeah. you would certainly think it will end with Mino Raiola getting more money. Yeah, when you say it like that, though, it does make it sound like this is kind of all being crafted by Mino Raiola, because at the end of the day, it's all centred around centred around money. Well, possibly, but there's, there's definitely issues there, isn't there? You, you know, you see when even the other night when Pogba comes off, when he's substituted, he's getting applause all round. He's getting a handshake from Mourinho, but there's still that little, you know, they don't look comfortable when they are together like that. They're looking in opposite directions when when they're slapping hands as they come off, and the body language just isn't one that says, oh, what a great performance, my pal, come take a seat next to me. They need need to get past it as soon as possible and just focus on the football. So I think the sooner 31st of August comes, the better. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah. I was doing one of the uh, one of our transfer update videos that we do uh, this morning with Jack Rathbone, and he suggested on there um, Real Madrid could very conceivably still move for him. Obviously, on the back of obviously the Super Cup and Real Madrid maybe missing uh, a big name. So I mean, at the end of the day, you know, don't rule out something like that potentially happening. The um, issue, the issue, of course, is going to be that Manchester United board have no interest in selling him yeah. at all, and that it's going to take somebody you know 150 million in a transfer fee alone to get anywhere near something that would make United even deem it acceptable and they're just not going to if Pogba went up to Mourinho as 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 it said in the reports of this confrontation they had Mourinho apparently said um if you want to leave just tell me and tell me to like to my face basically if Pogba actually went up to Mourinho and said right okay I want to leave do you still think United would keep hold of him Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a huge problem for Edward Wood to sort out because you are effectively then picking Pogba over your manager. You've got a lad there who is really settled in Manchester. He obviously likes the lifestyle there. He returned to be with his pals, Jesse Lingard and all the boys. You can tell how, you know, that sort of camaraderie that he has with with those lads. And it shouldn't be difficult to keep him if they want to and they should be focusing on that. Yeah, so it's uh, going to be an interesting... It seems like one of those things where they, they just need to have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, get, a, get in a room. I include Woodward in this, the three of them. Just get in a room and thrash it out. Yeah. Get me in a royal in the room as well. It's into more like a royal rumble. That's oh, you, you just keep him as far away from the room as possible. Yeah, yeah but you can bet your life he'll... He'll demand his way in there. It's just uh, it's just the way he works. Uh, Manchester United are away at Brighton on Sunday afternoon, uh, the four pm kickoff this weekend. Um, well, Brighton for Manchester United. Obviously, we saw United were the better team against Leicester, but they weren't necessarily as dominant as you'd, you'd like United. They were mm. still just pretty dull. They were still just Manchester United under Jose Mourinho. Uh, does the Brighton offer potential bit of a, a stumbling block? Do we do we think mm. that? No, I think I think United will win comfortably. Yeah, Alex. I think we, we we've had we've had contrasting views on on Brighton. Yeah. So I I, th- I think they're they're in for a decent season. I think. Oh, they're, I think they're, they're in a relegation battle. I think yeah. they're in a relegation a relegation battle as well. Yeah. yeah. United did go there towards the end of last season and lose one nil. Um, remember? Yes. Um, yeah, on a midweek so night, wasn't it? In that respect, it's going to be it's going to be a game 
different to Friday because Friday Leicester went to Old Trafford and had a lot of the ball. I would think that United will dominate the ball and Brighton will happily defend and try and counter. Um, so it's really going to come to whether United can take early chances, otherwise it could turn into a war of attrition, so to speak. I think teams like Brighton are the teams that Romelu Lukaku loves playing against. He's a bit of a flat-track bully. He's up against you know, Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy, uh, lads who, who don't turn quickly. If he If he can get behind them, which I'm sure he will do, I, th- I fancy him to score. Well, what they really need is Alexis Sanchez to perform because he was brilliant <laughs> in pre-season and then he was pretty dismal against yeah. Leicester. Yeah, you can bet your life he's been reading the criticism as well. He, he does. He doesn't react too well to uh, to criticism. And there was a fair bit of criticism of uh, Alexis. Sanchez. If United are anything like what they should be, they they will win comfortably. Yeah, uh, but interesting to follow. And and like you mentioned earlier, as well, it'll be interesting to see who's got the captain's armband uh, for that one. Whether Paul Pogba it, indeed does it'd keep be, it. It'd be massive if he takes it, takes it off Pogba after one game. Massive. Yeah. Why and, would it, and, it, and it's just a talking point, isn't it? Yeah. That's, if he takes it off him, it's instantly going to be picked up on. You, you do feel like Mourinho likes these talking points, though. Oh, I don't know. That's me. I, it, I, he, it does. It does. But he, what what used to happen was he, he used to sort of make it about him to deflect from the team and take the pressure off the team. It, he's not doing that now. If he if he made a decision like that, then that just draws the wrong type of attention on the team, on the players, not him. Yeah, so as I say, very interesting to follow that one. Uh, we're now going to move on to uh, the other Manchester team, uh, Manchester City. Uh, they've been rocked by the news that Kevin De Bruyne, uh, their player of the year last year, um, the player who so very nearly won the PFA uh, Player of the Year in the whole in the whole league, um, is going to be out of action for about three months. Um, that's a huge blow for City. Um, De Bruyne obviously didn't play much of a role in the Arsenal game, only came off the bench because he's still not quite at match fitness, but um, just how does City cope without Kevin De Bruyne? I think they'll be fine. Easily. Yeah? Yeah. I completely agree. Last season it would have been a much bigger issue, I think, but now you've, you've got Bernardo Silva's really coming into his own and, and he's playing increasingly in the middle they've got David Silva back in training and coming back after his World Cup and his summer off um, Fernandinho Ilkay Gundogan his injury problems touch wood are firmly behind him now Phil Foden's emerging so they've got a number of options in that area and really the quality is there for them to make this a non-issue for the next couple of months it's ridiculous that we're saying it's not a huge blow when someone of Kevin De Bruyne's quality is out for three months. But for City, it really isn't as big because of the quality that they've got in depth. Okay, when we're talking about the quality of this, the in-depth of, of, or the depth of the City squad, do we think, say for, for, for instance, Kevin De Bruyne was to miss the whole season. He's mm-hmm. obviously not going to, but say he missed the whole season. Do they still win the league? Or do they need Kevin De Bruyne? I think, I think, win the league. I think, I think they need him for the big games, possibly. Yeah. I, th- I think if he was out for an entire season in this theoretical scenario that you have imagined... Yeah, I I think that as it stands, they would still win the league, but it would, of course, make things tighter and closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fixtures that Kevin De Bruyne are going to miss... Um, City are actually got quite lucky, really, with, um, with the fixtures. They don't have what I'd class as a big game or a game against any of the big six until October. Uh, when they travel to Liverpool away, I think it's like October the first or something. Yeah, I think, I think that's the only one he, he's going to miss. Yeah, he might potentially miss Tottenham away at the end of October if if that, if that goes if, ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. For if it goes ahead, and if uh, and if he's even out that long, obviously he had this a similar injury in early 2016, and um, yeah, he came back after I think it was 90 days, so more like just under three months than that. But that was less time than he was expected to be out for. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether he uh, recovers there. At Manchester City this weekend are at home to Huddersfield. Um, nothing has ever screamed home win more than more than that. Um, Huddersfield uh, wasn't wasn't this also a game last season that ended in a nil nil draw? Was it a game that ended nil nil? It might have, no. I didn't. They play each other in in a cup competition and go to extra time. No, I think it did. I think Alex might be right. You know, uh, might have done. I seem to think Huddersfield put a lot of men behind the uh, ball and uh, it was it was a midweek night, wasn't it? A midweek night and Huddersfield wearing that garish yellow kit bright yellow kit that they used to have um, but yeah so obviously I'm still saying though on, on paper this is no, I fancy City to win by a clear margin yeah, yeah um, jo- I fancy Huddersfield to um, no I don't yeah. No, no. City, yeah. City very comfortably yeah uh, John on Huddersfield um, we have all tipped Huddersfield to be I think most of us on this podcast in the past have said that they're going to go down mm. uh, this year we said that they've had the season they've had their, their bit of grace alright they've, they've invested quite well in the squad and They've improved, no doubt, but we still generally believe they're going to go down. What's uh, yeah? They were in. They were in my three to go down. The, the, yeah, with you as well. Yeah, e- yeah. Even with the the improvements that they've made. Yeah, I think so. Um, they'll find things a little bit more difficult this season. People, the other teams know a little bit more about them, a little bit more about the way Wagner plays. Um, but what improvements th- have they made? Well, they, they improved defensively. They improved have they? They, they? They brought in that. Uh, Eric they've, they've spent money, but have they improved? Yeah, I think I, I, th- I think I think they have done. I, I think they've brought in a bit of quality. I think the the, the lad up front as well, the Diacarbi, who uh, was the sign from Monaco. Um, he's a goal scorer when he gets going. Obviously, he had a rough time at Monaco. I, th- I think but there's so many players that they've brought in that you just think to yourself, this can really go either way. You're taking such a gamble. Um, I think it's a big it was a big thing that they kept hold of Aaron Moy because I think he's he's their key man. I'm surprised sort of the a few mid-table teams didn't come in for him in the summer. Yeah, yeah. So Crystal Palace. Uh, Alex, just just for reference, Alex is currently waving his phone um, in my face. Uh, he's got a big thing on it. it says Man City nil, Huddersfield nil. It's, it's uh, the, from the, last the, season. The so possession stats really getting to me. Eighty percent against twenty percent. Eighty percent. City, obviously. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that's staggering. How many shots did you, uh, did you have them on there? Uh, Fifteen. Only two on target. Only two on target. So there we go. Uh, it sounds like Raheem Sterling was having a field day in front of goal. Then uh, he's he's uh, he's not one for hitting the target. Is he? Uh, he certainly did last week, though. He did. It was a great great finish, great goal. But um, yeah, he's uh, he's become more known for I think for his uh, for squandering one on ones and efforts like that. Um, before we move on to the rest of the Premier League fixtures, uh, there is another story that I do want to talk about on this podcast, and that's actually from Spain. Uh, La Liga have announced uh, that they're going to be playing one game. Uh, for the next 15 years so one game a season for the next 15 years at least one game is that what they say I think at least at one le- game okay we'll go that at least one game for the next 15 seasons uh, abroad uh, it, I believe in the United States as well or, or Canada United States no, or North, Canada. North America so possibly even Mexico yeah before we recorded this podcast I went over to our video Mexico desk Mexico Central America big, mar- big market though isn't it yeah. you think it, it is even like the NFL well, like, America maybe, maybe, it's just, maybe it's just a US and yeah, US well, and Canada either way La Liga the Spanish game is going to Spain um, before we recorded this podcast I went over to the video desk uh, here in the mirror offices and uh, Gulliver Burroughs was over there uh, who's been on this podcast a couple of times in the past and, mm-hmm. and the first thing he said to me what do you make of this La Liga thing and I said well I, I don't really have a, an opinion of it yet because I hadn't really read anything and he just said it's the start of the end for all football is he being over dramatic or is this the start of the end of football as we know it might be the beginning of the end of 
uh, football as we we've known it um, from a commercial and TV point of view. Um, obviously, you've seen the way that uh, America treats sporting events, um, so I'd expect some of that to to be brought in. I think it's the way that the Premier League have been looking at for quite a while as well, isn't it, with the 39th game that Richard Scudamore wanted. Um, the NFL is obviously the, the pointer to, towards it, how a lot of CEOs and clubs, club chiefs, have got this sort of fetish for, for what the NFL do and how they take regular season games abroad and games that are played in London and the Far East and, and whatnot. It comes um, down to money, doesn't it? So exactly. It's, money it's all about money. Yeah. Um, how do you? How, how do we think the Premier League will, will follow suit? Because I mean, my opinion is the Community Shield will soon go abroad. Just like in obviously Spain again. Obviously they played their Spanish Super yeah. Cup in Morocco um, last week. Um, Italy have done it a, couple, a number of times, and, and so have France. Yeah, I, I think th- it's inevitable, isn't it? It's, it's just inevitable that the Premier League gonna, are going to follow yeah. suit. Premier, um, Premier League clubs are no longer looking at just the fans that come through their turnstiles, are they? It's no, all yeah. about the worldwide. No. And I think you'll see more fans going to, like yourself, Aaron, yeah. uh, going to non-league games. Yeah, good. Well, I hope so. I, I, hope, I hope that's the I hope that's the positive influence. Well, the thing is, has. not everybody is enamoured with the idea of watching uh, Katy Perry perform at half-time, are they? Yeah, no, absolutely not. It's not what you expect when you go to a football match. What, what you want is a proper, decent, chicky, chicken balty pie and uh, and a bovril. There I'd, you go. I'd rather watch Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> the Premier League, um, what about cup competitions? Do we think they might, moving obviously, the Carabao Cup, they've started dabbling with things abroad. I know they've brought the draw back to the UK this year, but the draw was taking I, place I in all, Hong Kong. I think it's all going to be inevitable, isn't it? Because yeah. a Premier League fixture is obviously revenue for the Premier League and whatnot. You take FA Cup ties and or Carabao Cup. That's that's the FA. It's a different different governing body in theory. Um, I think the question is whether they they try it with a Premier League game first or whether they look to use one of the cup competitions or the Community Shield or something like that as a as a tester as a, as a yeah. pilot. Yeah, La Liga have obviously moved forward with it because they're playing catch up with the Premier League in terms of revenue from overseas. So it's a push for them to become more recognisable. Yeah, I remember an article. I mean, I'm going back maybe two maybe three years now but there was a piece um, and it, I think it was from like the Financial Times somewhere where they were basically outlining the La Liga's financial plan and how they, they're going to try and bridge this gap to the Premier League because they were so far behind them and it, this now very much seems like it's just all that in action that they're, they're trying to catch up on the Premier League um, I think the one thing with it though is we won't be seeing Levante v Hetafe played abroad oh absolutely not because you aren't going to what, fill what, MetLife Stadium with that yeah. Yeah. yeah be one of the big two won't it yeah. if not both yeah, I, I was thinking it potentially they could try a second rate. Well, I say second rate, but you know, like you might, you Valencia, might, Valencia versus Sevilla, or you know, yeah. something that's you, you might see a Valencia that, v Betis or something, and 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 it go that way because you know Real Madrid and Barcelona. The extreme is going to be when they try and take a Clasico abroad. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I can see, I can see that happening. There. I imagine that's what they will build to. It's yeah. a fifteen-year thing, isn't it? I think after after three, four years. Yeah. there's going to be that clamour for right we've done a couple now yeah. let's bring them yeah um, if your teams were given a, a fixture abroad let's say for example obviously well let, let's put it on there Everton versus Wolves mm-hmm. it's going to take place in let's pick a US city it's going to take place in Dallas mm-hmm. in Texas alright do you go do, 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 do you get excited about the opportunity to go as a fan or if, or, I, if or, I had the opportunity to go I'd get excited about it but obviously, there are, there are various things to consider, aren't there? 
it costs a lot of money to go over to Dallas, doesn't it? Especially yeah. for a few days to watch one game. Um, you'd probably have to factor it into a holiday, wouldn't you, or something? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could it's, get that to fly it's with, going, uh, with It's the going family, to cost <laughs> more than your season ticket. Yeah, surely. Yeah? Yeah, for every yeah. for the whole package, for the, everything, flights. The flight that. alone would probably cost more than your season ticket. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, even, if, even if clubs are putting on, you know, their own special chartered flights and then yeah. hotel stay and all of that, package it up, it's still going to cost more I than think a season re- ticket. Realistically, uh, the fans in the ground would be... Um, expats and Americans yeah. I think bizarrely though, there will be enough people who will travel because the, the, let's be honest people do it people do travel football there will be enough people who will go and do it That you'll get the diehards if, 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 if it was to happen the Premier League will look at it and go still worth it because they've still travelled and we've still got that fan base well, there well you know you, you'd go to watch Curzon Ashton in Dallas wouldn't you oh absolutely yeah. Absol- I mean, yeah. that, I mean that, that is literally once in, once in a lifetime your problem, your problem comes with you know Jimmy, who's been going for 70-odd years and he's not missed an away game in 54 years, and then yeah. suddenly this springs up, well, how's he go? And he's on he's on a pension, he's 80-odd, you know? Yeah, there was, a, there, was a great, there was a great video knocking around the other day of a, of a Burnley fan who uh, he's, he's not missed a game for, I think it was something like 20-odd years. I, I think it might have even been more, and obviously he was panicking because he couldn't get to Istanbul. You know, for the uh, for the Europa League first leg, mm. uh, I believe he managed to get out there in the end and watch the what I believe was a dire nil nil draw. Um, but uh, yeah, no, absolute diehards. Um, but uh, fair play to them um, for that. Uh, moving on now to the rest of the Premier League fixtures, uh, starting with the Saturday early game. It's a mouthwatering one. Are you ready? Cardiff versus Newcastle. Uh, you going to be tuning in, John? Um, I can't remember what I'm doing at Saturday lunchtime. Now, yeah, well, what, washing your hair or something yeah, like that. Possibly, so. yeah. Yeah, no, no. We, we've been quite harsh on Cardiff, I think, on this on this podcast uh, in in the past because none of us see any hope for them. So it'd be good to finally get a you know a, a, a proper look at Cardiff and see what they're all about. To be honest, I was pleasantly surprised by Newcastle the week, and I know they got beat, um, but they created a lot more than I thought they would and look, obviously after a summer of discontent uh, they looked alright yeah, I'm expecting a lot from Kennedy this year as well I think this is a defining year for, for his his career obviously he's been to Chelsea he was not managed to break in and um, he's now got he's now at a place where he's got you know, he's there for a season he's got a manager that believes in him he's got a fan base who are behind him he wants to be there he has to do it this year. Yeah, he's got a bit. He's got a bit of extra quality as well, hasn't he? You yeah, can, a, you can see whenever he gets on the ball, the, the kind of expectation rises. He's a threat. If he can, if he can add that little bit of finesse to his game and uh, and end product, yeah. he'll be, you know, their their main threat. Yeah, so there, there could be obviously Rondon, uh, Salomon Rondon there at, at Newcastle as well. Now, obviously, great aerial threat. There could be something in that sort of partnership. Yeah, um, Matt, Ri- Matt Ritchie delivering balls like he did on Saturday as well. Yeah, yeah. Matt Ritchie or Gordon Ramsay. So I say so some of some of some of the memes I've seen around the internet of him looking like uh, he's he's on kitchen nightmares and stuff have been I've shown so I found them pretty funny. I've never never spotted the look like until uh, until they got shared last week. Uh moving on uh, John onto onto your team. Uh, Everton uh playing at home to Southampton. Mm-hmm. Um were you disappointed last week with only a draw uh, against Wolves? Um yeah because obviously if you concede that late it always feels like a defeat but um, you know, looking at the bigger picture, being with ten men since the fortieth minute, the shift that they put in, and also the way that it, it was refreshing to have a manager who still went for the win with ten men without being reckless. You know, comparing to Roberto Martinez, who, who might have still gone for the win, but 
absolutely throwing caution to wind or then compare that to our last manager Sam Allardyce who would have undoubtedly just gone back to the wall yeah. uh, Southampton is the opponents uh, this weekend uh, what, what do we expect from Southampton because obviously they had a really disappointing year last year they have improved uh, they have strengthened in the, in the market obviously uh, Vestergaard coming in at the back the likes of Elianusi uh, Danny Ings coming in as well you know giving him a new threat, threat. Um, Alex what do you uh, expect from Southampton are they going to be stronger now I think he's tried to make them much more uh, defensively resolute um, clean sheet on the opening day I think they went with five at the back again um, you're asking a lot of Ings Charlie Austin Manolo Gabbiadini and Shane Long of course is still there you've got those four any of those going to hit double figures this season um, do they have enough goals about them I think they are going to be very reliant on, on keeping clean sheets And but Mark Hughes he, kn- he knows how to organise a side as he showed at Stoke he had them ninth place for three years running before it eventually came crashing in so I, I think Everton will win 2-0 yeah yeah, uh, say so, uh, Southampton on front. Uh, there's a bit, of bad, bit, bit of bias there. Um, no, no, I, 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 I agree think, with him. I think, I think Everton, sh- Everton should go into that game renewed confidence. Richarlison outstanding on his debut. Yeah. I think Everton should be too strong. Yeah, what's the situation behind Yerry Mina and Andre Gomez? And also, I think Bernard wasn't involved yeah, in, the, in the first game. Yerry Mina's training with the team first time today, so you won't see him for you know probably a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Gomez. Last week said he was going to be injured for about three weeks, so he won't be in for a while. And Kurt Zuma has been training for a few days, so he he'll probably be the one pushing to be in. But I think Mason Holgate will, will replace Jagi Elker at centre half anyway. Um, realistically, I don't think we'll see many of those new signings, uh, Bernard included, until after the international break. Yeah, so yeah, a bit of a wait then to see. Maybe truly what Everton are about. Yeah, definitely. I think you probably. I think Marco Silva said himself that um, sort of his message, his yeah, his messages, just starting to sink in now. Yeah. Um, so I think with the new players as well, it'll probably be November, December when you start to see, you know, the, yeah. the little bits of. Uh, New quality. Yeah, so a bit of a slow burner on Everton, but uh, exciting to follow nonetheless. Uh, also taking place at 3pm on Saturday, uh, West Ham are taking on Bournemouth, uh, Leicester are taking on Wolves, and Tottenham are taking on Fulham. That game obviously taking place at Wembley Stadium. Was always going to take place at Wembley, um, as we um, as we knew, because um, the stadium was never going to be done at that point. Now, I, 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 I don't know the exact date when Spurs have said that they're moving in, but I know the NFL in middle of October has been moved out of yeah. Spurs' it's new still, stadium. It's still now. not being confirmed. So yeah. they they won't be in before October the 15th. And then the fixture on October 28th, which is Manchester City, still to be confirmed. Yeah. And they're still struggling to... Um, they can't play it at Wembley. Because of the NFL? Yeah. And they... Twickenham have said go no. At Twickenham, Twickenham have said no. And there's big questions over whether they'll be allowed to switch it to the Etihad. I don't think, I don't think currently that will be allowed. Yeah. But that that may well change if yeah. desperation starts to kick in. Let's go like proper non-league with it. Let's send them to Leighton Orient. Let's let's have a Premier League fixture in like in a, in a, in, a, in a mad tiny environment like that. That'd, that'd, that'd be great for, wouldn't it? Uh, it'd be. I mean, not many fans. On the grand scale of things, of the fans who want to go to a fixture between two of the big six teams, but God, I, let's get them down to a local non-league round. Let's uh, let's play a Premier League fixture in those uh, in those facilities. That's that's what I'd like to see. Jumpers for goalposts. Go the full hog. Yeah, I might as well. Yeah, get them down Hackney, Hackney Marshes. 
get them down there. Bit of a kick around. Uh, a few thousand people packed around a playing field. That's uh, that's what I want to see. Um, just send them to America. Yeah. Just get just get in there quick. I, t- I tell you what, we, they might as well trial the game. They, they, yeah. might, they might as well trial it now. First it, Premier League game abroad. Just send them send them to New York. Yeah, right, pr- go on, test this. Pretty sure there's somewhere in America that'll have him. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there'll be disgruntled fans if that if that was to happen. Uh, but yeah, it remains to be seen what happens there with uh, Spurs. Um, the big one though on uh, on Saturday, uh, five thirty p.m. Chelsea uh, against Arsenal. A uh, bit of a London derby. Always uh, normally a bit of bite, a bit of feistiness in the, in this fixture. Um, snarl that's the word I always come snarl. to with it there's always a lot of snarl between them snarl I like that word that's probably the right the right word to describe it um, but this is this is a new era for both teams obviously mm. Sarri's come in uh, we got our first proper glimpse of Sarri ball or whatever you want to brand it as um, when they played Huddersfield last week Arsenal I, I can't be having all this branding of of this Sarri ball I've seen Bielsa ball just, just let's just stop it's no. Okay, right. We'll we'll stop calling. In fact, no. I'm going to carry on calling it sorry ball just because I know it winds you up now. You, you've uh, you've you've uh, set us up for that one. Uh, but Arsenal as well. Um, also, Emery ball. Em- yeah, bit bit yeah. of Emery ball. Uh, I mean, they didn't have much of the ball uh, last week against Manchester City. Um, but um, intriguing fixture simply because I don't know from my own personal perspective. I I don't really know what to expect from either team going into it. Two teams that we've seen beaten comfortably by Manchester City in the last couple of weeks um, but obviously Chelsea had a, a decent win away at Huddersfield I don't know what, what you can really judge from that but I'd just say I'd, I'd fancy Chelsea given they have the home advantage and Eden Hazard coming back yeah. I think everything changes but everything stays the same I think I think Chelsea will probably be pretty comfortable winners yeah. um, like, well, like they seemingly always are no hope then for uh, new look Arsenal. I think because I mean you're saying you're saying that like like there is no hope. Way. I think he's got so much to do and to change and to get his mark on things at the moment that it's going to take time. That's the one thing the city was, city game showed us. It's going to take quite some time for for Emery's stamp to be put on this Arsenal team and for them to get out of some of the bad habits that they have got into in recent seasons. Um, and so I would expect Chelsea. A team that okay, they've made some tactical changes, but a team that just looks happier in the early parts under Sarri. You, you More can freedom. You can say Arsenal a new look side, but they have the same frailties because they've got you know a lot of the same players across that back four. Yeah, uh, Matteo Guendouzi. Uh, kind of mixed opinions of him with his debut last week. Do you expect that um, they're going to stick with him, or does Lucas Torreira maybe come into the midfield? I think they'll play together. I've, I think Jacker will probably drop out yeah so Arsenal fans weren't particularly I, happy with, with Xhaka's performance I, I think he'll stick with experience I think he'll go with Xhaka and Torreira yeah Xhaka and Torreira um, I, I, think, I think he'll go with what he went with against City I think he'll give him a chance I think Emery strikes me as the sort of play, uh, sort of man who will be loyal to his players will give him a chance yeah, there's, been, there's been loyal though and there's, there's spending 26 million on Torreira and it's clear to everyone already it's clear after 20 minutes against City when he came on that he's the best player in that position yeah. by by a considerable distance if he leaves a £22 million goalkeeper and £20 million midfielder on the bench for more than a couple of games you, you're going to have questions asked yeah. by fans yeah, and for you? two of your toughest games well, that's that's that you're going to have all one, season as well. does Leno come in for check because yeah. clearly they weren't comfortable playing out from the back yeah. he made yeah. good saves as well in that game check but 
the only thing anyone's talking about is uh, when he nearly scored that own goal. Yeah, that's spectacular. I don't, I, I don't know how he's done it. I, I don't get how when the ball's coming to him, how he's he's gone to play at the side foot he's left across his own body hasn't he and he's, he's kind of sliced it back off his heel rather than with his instep and so it's gone skidding mm. off behind yeah I, I think it might have been the greatest no in fact it wouldn't have been the greatest home goal I've ever seen the Jamie Pollock Manchester City one from I mean god that'll be about 25 years old now uh, greatest home goal I've ever seen but Frank, check, Frank check Sinclair Frank Sinclair scored a couple of bounces yeah Frank Cadru did a really good one former Middlesbrough defender Really good one when he was playing in France. Like oh. a mid-air tackle on the halfway line and the ball just goes looping up in up in the air and somehow just bounces in like past the keeper and into the net. Okay, we'll find a YouTube of that when we're... When we're when Definitely we're, YouTube. When we're, when we're, when it's we're it's a good look. No, we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at that. Um, let's get some predictions then. Chelsea against Arsenal. I know you've uh, you've already said... Home win, yeah. Home win. I think so. I think Hazard coming back as well gives Chelsea another boost. I think, I think home win. Yeah, John? 3-1, home win. 3-1 home win I'm, I'm going draw. draw I'm going nil-nil I think it'll be one of them games that'll just a stinker yeah. a Saturday night stinker yeah and I'm, I'm hoping it is because I, I know I'm unavailable I won't be able to watch the game so I, I'll be gutted if it's a thriller and I'm not and I'm not watching it um, so uh, yeah let's, uh, let's br- bring on the nil-nil uh, with that one um, on to Sunday uh, obviously we talked about Manchester City against Huddersfield that's a half one kickoff. Uh, Brighton against Manchester United at 4pm there is another game Burnley against Watford Burnley playing on Sunday again because of the European exploits uh, we can't tell you whether they've got past uh, Istanbul Bazak Sahir is that, is, is that the right pronunciation? Sounds, sounds right it, it sounds, sounds pretty good I'm, not, I'm normally a bit dodgy with these uh, pronunciations I, I, Ask Andy Gilpin he's really good at them <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll, I, I, we do need to get Andy on here. I, I, I think Andy's been on one podcast, I think. And, he um, will be hijacked by Wrexham Talk, though. Yeah, well, I, me and him will just talk non-league. We'll do, we'll do our own separate non-league podcast. We'll get Joe Cooper from the video desk in as well. He watches Blythe Spartans. Yeah, I mean, can't think of anything all better. The, all the big hitters. Can't think of anything better, and then we'll, we'll get all about five listens. It's, uh, weird so. how, it's weird how your eyes have started to glisten while talking about non-league football. Mate, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in my element when we, when we get to talk about that. Um, but yeah, um, Burnley against Watford. Um, Burnley, we can't tell you whether um, Burnley uh, have got through to the next round of the Europa League simply because we are recording Thursday afternoon. They are going to play in a few hours' time uh, in their second leg. So apologies, we can't tell you um, whether they've got through or not. But they're going to take on Watford on uh, Sunday. Uh, Watford, one of the uh, surprise teams on the opening day. I think they they they, they, they really impressed people. Yeah, they look decent. Yeah. Well, as much as a surprise as it can be, beating Cudders beating Brighton at home I should say yeah, yeah. Um, you're really not a fan of Brighton you are you I don't I, I enjoyed watching them fight against it last season and, and how well they did to stay up but I'm just not really taken with any of the summer business they've done I, I, could, I'm be, not I sure. could be proven wrong I could be proven I, wrong but I, I'm not sure why you're so convinced that they're going to do alright this season I, I just think that they, they haven't got any weaker I think they, they, if you look at the players that they had already obviously Pascal Gross midfield I think I think is brilliant Iscadero mm. exciting takes players on I think they've got different dimensions, obviously, in the likes of Glenn Murray there. And obviously, they brought in uh, this Jahambakash uh, from, uh, I think, AZ Alkmaar. Uh, was it in the, in the Dutch league who like, had more assists than anyone else? Yeah, he, 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 he's one of the reasons I'm not sure about them. Well, his, his Dutch league record was really good last season in, a, in an all-out attack team. His, his record for Iran, who are a more defensive team, more organised, and play more similar to Brighton, is nowhere near as good. Yeah, oh. I think that they're limited at centre half. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll and, what's, and what's your man with the long hair? The man with one, the long. One of the worst players I've ever seen one in the Premier worst. League. Is it Schlotto? 
Uh, oh yeah, um, no, it's um, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I, I know what you abysmal. Mean. Yeah. Um, oh well. No, I, I'm still backing Brighton. I'll continue to back Brighton until they are rock bottom of the table in a couple of weeks' time, and then I might, I might go back on my my, my comments. But I'm I'm, st- I'm sticking by Brighton. But back to Watford. Um, <laughs> they're um, really impressive. Uh, Troy Deeney uh, looks like he's had a good preseason. He looked he looked really good. Um, Play playing with Andre Gray as well, and it looks like it might finally a, a year on. Yeah. Um, kick off, and they've got Roberto Pereira fit as well, and he he does bring them real quality in attack. Um, but as you say, Gray was signed for big money last season um, from Burnley, and he he never he never quite hit the ground at Vicarage Road, and then he was out with team a lot in the second half of the season. So interested to see if, if those two do actually play as a partnership on a regular basis. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Watford there at Burnley. Uh, last Premier League fixture for us to go through quickly is Monday night. Uh, Crystal Palace against Liverpool uh, I think it's been Sky Sports favourite Monday night fixture ever since that 3 all, which happened on the Monday night um, back in 2014 I think it was it usually delivers doesn't it it's usually a really good game yeah uh, it's just Palace seem to have this kind of belief when they, they, they play Liverpool even, at home and even at Anfield Palace have gone there a couple of times in recent years and got some decent wins I, I hope they do it again obviously yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd say Palace just there's, there's something about Sellers Park under the lights as well. They get uh, a good atmosphere. It, it tends to bounce when the big boys go there. And yeah, I remember. Well, also, also, Ma- sorry, no, go, go for it. Well, I was just going to say also, Ryerson's done a good job there, hasn't he? Since since he's come in, he's made him solid again, yeah. and uh, he's got you know he's got him playing a bit as well. Wilf Zaha is now their absolute main man, playing in more of a central role as well. Yeah, new contract as well for him. Exactly, so, uh, and happy days for him. Yeah. I think the thing last season after Hodgson came in I think if you took out the first eight games or first seven games where they lost them all and didn't score um, they'd, they were finishing about they obviously finished in mid-table anyway they were in serious, they finished about eighth they were in serious trouble as well weren't they? Yeah, they I mean they, they were odds on and then some yeah. to, go, to get relegated after after about eight, nine games of the season um, but no they were um, yeah it's very impressive and, under. and they've got Wolf Sahars now staying of course and he's got a new contract so something yeah. really base themselves around because he is brilliant yeah. for them I don't think Liverpool though have ever been this good when no. they've been to Palace I don't think Liverpool have been this good in the Premier League oh I thought you were going to say ever then and that, that, that would have opened a in the, I'm, I'm questioning it because obviously they went close under Benitez and finished second when they had you know Gerard, Alonso Mascherano Torres um, I think this team may just be a little bit better yeah, so I don't, I don't really like to acknowledge any of their qualities. Yes, uh, c- c- come on, John, you, you must you must enjoy watching them. I know, I know it's hard admiring another team, but enjoy I enjoy watching them I, get beat. I know, I know Manchester United fans, right, who watched Manchester City last year and went, actually, I'm really enjoying watching City. Yeah. Are they Man United fans from Surrey? Yeah, no, no, they're Man United fans from from Manchester, say uh, local local lads who I know, um, but you're an Everton fan. Mm-hmm. Do you not look at Liverpool and the football they're playing actually? Oh, yeah, it's enjoyable. I don't think it's enjoyable, but obviously, I understand football. Obviously, so you I, look at them. And think, <laughs> you look at me. Think they're quite good. I understand football, so I, obviously, I know that they've got good players. You're saying that through gritted teeth. I can't <laughs> tell how painful it is to, uh, for you to there's say gra- that. There's a greyness in his eyes right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, don't worry. Silver ball is coming. Silver, silver ball. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that one, Alex. He's he's not happy, is he? Oh well. Oh, well anyway, uh, Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Let's get a couple of predictions. Seeing as obviously it does throw up some weird results every now and again. That one, Alex. What are you going for? Uh, Liverpool two one 
Liverpool 2 1. John? 1 all. 1 all. Uh, I'm going thriller. 3 all again. Repeat of 2014. Let's just have goals. Why not? That's, um, that's not Hodgson ball. That's absolutely not Hodgson ball, but I, I don't know. It's just. Just calling it you never know you never know indeed um, we will be back on the Mirror Football podcast uh, next week uh, reviewing all of that Premier League action uh, uh, with kind of whoever else we can grab from the office uh, it might be John again it might be Alex again it'll be ever whoever's about uh, but it'll be Monday when the next Mirror Football podcast don't be fooled he does have a schedule for people coming on he doesn't just grab people willy nilly yeah I mean it's, it's, it's a loose schedule but there's a, there's a bit of a schedule there's a bit of a schedule um, but yeah, um, I also want to. I'm also going to try and get um, somebody to give me a bit of Cardiff persuasion on the podcast next week, simply because we've been down in the dumps about Cardiff and uh, Cardiff I, fans have been down in the dumps about Cardiff this preseason. Yeah, I, I, I want to try and find a little bit of positivity, so I'm gonna I'm gonna delve around a, a, f- a few contacts and see whether we can find a bit of Cardiff positivity next week. Um, hopefully, they'll pick up a result against Newcastle uh, the weekend, which will make that a little bit easier as well. Uh, guys thank you very much really do appreciate it Um, thanks for listening this far Uh, if you don't subscribe to us already you can get us on iTunes you can get us on Acast you can get us on Spotify you can get us pretty much anywhere uh, that does uh, podcasts Uh, but until next week enjoy the weekend's action